you don't have this written into the policy, the insurance company might deny a liability claim by a tenant. Hello, property management brainstormers. It's Bob Preston here, your host, and welcome to 5-Minute Friday. FMF is a mini podcast series where I offer my best tips and advice regarding questions I frequently get from property managers, real estate investors, and landlords. I do this every Friday in five minutes or less. So if you're new here, consider subscribing to get all my quick advice and updates. And let's get started with today's FMF. I'm going to dive right into this fast and furious five minute Friday to talk about what insurance coverage should you have on your rental property as a landlord? Well, first off, I always advise our property owners and landlords to consult their insurance agent prior to even considering renting their property, just to make sure you've got the proper insurance that's recommended by your agent. But from my perspective, let's start with the scenario of a long-term rental. This is typically an unfurnished property rented long-term as a 12-month lease. And there are two types of insurance I always recommend. The owner will need to acquire what is typically known as a rental dwelling policy. This is substantially different than a typical homeowner's policy, so let me explain a little bit further. I always recommend the policy be a minimum of $1 million of public and premises liability insurance. This is likely more than you would have on a homeowner's policy, mainly because you now have a renter that will be moving into your home, and you want to make sure you're protected for everything. It's interesting to note, however, that rental dwelling policies usually cost less than a homeowner's policy because your personal belongings are typically moved out of the home and did not need to be covered. The rental dwelling policy is hugely important. So let me reemphasize that hugely important. So you know for sure that your insurance company knows you are renting to a tenant. If you don't have this written into the policy, the insurance company might deny a liability claim by a tenant and you do not want that to incur because then you wouldn't be covered. Also, the rental dwelling designation is critical if the house were to become uninhabitable due to some sort of catastrophic event like a flood or a fire at the home and the tenant had to move out of the property. In such case, the insurance company would pay the property owner's lost rent during that rebuilding period. So again, that's really, really important that you have a rental dwelling policy. When we manage a property at my firm, North County Property Group, we also require that the owner provide us with proof of insurance. Further, we require that North County Property Group be named as additional insured. This is standard procedure. Your insurance company will know what you're talking about if you were to ask that for your property manager. And it's no additional cost to the property owner. So we just want the insurance company to understand that we're involved in the property as the property manager when that's the case and to make sure that everybody's on the same page. The second type of insurance I always recommend that landlords require is for the tenant to obtain renter's insurance to protect their personal belongings and also provide coverage for tenant liability at the property. At North County Property Group, we actually write this into the lease as part of the requirement for obtaining renter's insurance for the tenant. These types of policies protect the landlord from tenant's liability. So if something should be caused by them that's kind of boneheaded, like say they damage the home with a bathroom flood or kitchen fire or something that's accidental that the tenant did, these incidents would be covered by the tenant's renter's insurance policy. Renter's insurance would also pay for temporary housing for the tenant if the home were to become uninhabitable for any reason whatsoever. Now, there are a few derivatives of these types of insurance policies, which I want to touch on quickly and should be considered depending upon your particular scenario. If you're renting your property furnished, in other words, you have furniture, personal belongings in the home, you need to make sure that your insurance company knows that. 
Earlier, I mentioned that the normal scenario for a rental dwelling is unfurnished. Furniture and personal belongings left in the home will need to be included in the policy in this scenario and would probably result in a slightly higher premium. Also, if you're renting your home as a short-term rental, this might also be referred to as a vacation rental, your insurance company needs to know this. The policy for vacation rentals is always different because of the constant in and out at the property. And if your insurance is a typical rental dwelling policy, you would likely not be covered if there was a claim by a short-term renter. And of course, what I just mentioned about the furnishings, personal belongings, stuff like that, they would always be the case in a vacation rental and would need to be covered. Finally, if your rental is one of those short-term vacation rental types, traditional renter's insurance is not practical because of the temporary period of the renter occupying the property. There are special insurance policies, however, out there offered by several companies. They're commonly known as damage protection insurance, and these insurance policies are typically purchased on behalf of the renter by the owner or the property manager for a nominal fee, and it covers accidental damage at the property caused by the renter up to a fixed maximum, say $3,500. I have a terrific full episode of Property Management Brainstorm dedicated to all these details about insurance that I've quickly covered today. It was one of my very first recordings, episode two, the correct insurance for a rental property. You can look for that in property management brainstorm episodes list. And I will also include a direct link to that podcast in my episode notes accompanying today's FMF. And that wraps up things for today. Thank you for listening to 5-Minute Friday TGIF, and we will see you next time.